Welcome back to 10 Tons Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Grout, sitting in the King Motorsports studio, and I have Adam on Zoom. And if you can read the description of the show, you realize that we have Johnny Sachowski. Did I say that right? No. No. Dang it. I knew, I would, I knew I'd get that wrong. So John, <laughs> we totally forgot to ask that. I, it's, it's just it's, Johnny C. It's, it's Johnny, Johnny C. Johnny C. Like everyone calls me. It, it's, <laughs> I pronounced, it's pronounced Chikowski, but nobody, oh. nobody cares. <laughs> Johnny Chikowski. Well, at least, at least yeah. we're keeping the theme going from the beginning that we can't get a name right. That's fair. So <laughs> I got, I got that going. a thousand. <laughs> yep. Consistent. Uh, so Johnny C. And uh, if, you've, if you run around in the circles that we run in, you're aware of who he is from his uh, company Nine Lives Racing. Um, but he also has a bunch of experience in like uh, other forms of like safety and brakes. And we're going to try to get, dive into that today and also kind of figure out more about who Johnny C. is beyond just Nine Lives Racing. So welcome to the show, Johnny. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, th- thanks for coming on. Um, <laughs> see, where should we start? Let's just start with a quick rundown. Like, hit me hard. Who? Whatever you got. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, first off, who are you? And tell us, uh, qu- like, tell us about Nine Lives Racing first. Oh, so Nine Lives Racing is an aerodynamics company. Um, our claim to fame, of course, is the aluminum extrusion wings. Uh, sold at well over twenty five hundred at this point. Um, we focus specifically at, at club racers and, uh, helping club, you know, club racing and the, the, the everyday driver go faster as our end goal. Um, and we do that while using, um, let's say proven, uh, airfoil shapes, proven airfoil techniques, but then we kind of go out on the ledge and we find, uh, very obscure manufacturing tactics to try to keep the, uh, the cost down. Yeah, that was one thing I was I because I have a, a nine lives on my my two forty SX, and that was one thing I noticed right off the bat was like performance per dollar. It, it's not even close. So yeah, it, it, yeah, I mean, it, when we were looking over uh, the kind of like like when we first started the company, we didn't think it would do anything. You know, nobody was selling aluminum wings at the time, uh, and when they started selling, I was like, oh man, the performance that that we're offering for the amount of money it is insane and so i'm like all right well how else can we do this you know how can we keep replicating that 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 pattern and seeing how we can make people faster while you know while allowing them to afford a set of hoosiers as well so uh, how did you get like were you always into aero or was this kind of something that you fell into and then learned as as it went no i knew nothing about it um (laughs) I, I wasn't even remotely, I'll say I was interested, um, you know, probably like a three, out, like a five out of 10, uh, you just your average guy. Um, and when the company started going, I mean, we teamed up with Elan Motorsports are the ones that developed the airfoil shape. Uh, the same guys that did the Delta wing and the pan, you know, and brand panos, uh, they won Indy 500. They're the ones that developed it. And my first day I'm like, I need a, the biggest crash course in arrow I can possibly get. So, so I teamed up with Moreland engineering who have been always been our arrow go-tos and basically just said, whatever you got laid on me, I need the, the 40 hour class in 20 minutes and just don't, if I pass out, keep going and just nonstop learning ever since then. And it's, and we're still, you know, I'm still learning. You know, I think arrow is the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, there's never been a time where I'm like, oh, that'll definitely work. And it, it just doesn't, <laughs> you know, or vice versa. 
So it's it's definitely arrows such a witchcraft. It's such a pain in the ass. Arrows such a witchcraft. You know, it's like yeah. sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. What one person did on their card doesn't mean it's going to work on somebody else's. No, and uh, it's it's so crazy to me. You know, I like arrows. One of the things that I love to learn about, and so I'm always reading articles and watching YouTube videos, and mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's wild to me how how many different approaches there are and all of them are probably right and wrong in their own special ways. Right. Yeah. I had, uh, I had had, uh, one gentleman say, well, there's only one way to make a wagon wheel. And I was like, I'm like, yeah, that's why all the formula one teams have the exact same car. And like, like, no, there isn't like, there's so many ways to approach it. There's so many different, you know, it's such a nightmare. You know, trying to get it all like put together and trying to make a package work is it's a lot of effort. So when you when I guess yeah. when you started Nine Lives Racing, like mm-hmm. were you looking at wings and saying, you know, these these designs are too expensive, or I guess how did that that ball even get started rolling? So I've always been what you'd call a dumpster diver racer. Hey, me um, too. <laughs> yeah you know oh my it's, gosh. <laughs> uh, stuff that people have thrown away that you know that maybe is not good enough for their setup but will be way better for what than what you have you know is a thing uh and and it came down i was working at uh i was working with alan at the time and they came up to me and they're like hey we got this wing profile for the npl1 project you should put it on your miata and i'm like nah <laughs> <laughs> and they chased me for a year like like really? you should put one of these on the car you should put one of these on the car and i and i was like no i'm not gonna like that's silly no one does aluminum wings and uh like, you should do it you should do it i'm like and eventually uh it came on that track called miata's group that we have uh one of the guys were at, was asking about one of these chinese you know carbon wings and i was like you know i could get this alon wing for a few hundred bucks would you guys want that and my inbox filled up <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wow, people people want it. Like, okay. And so I talked to a lot. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna need one of those. And so they gave me one is to try it out, put it on the car. And I was like, I'm not gonna take a single order unless this is faster than what I got. And I had pretty much the industry standard on the car at the time. And put the wing on the car. We ran five miles an hour or seven miles an hour on the back straight and seven miles an hour through the corners, you know, uh at Road Atlanta. And I was like, I was blown away. I'm that's, like, this is, thing is real. Yeah, that's not an and, insignificant mile per hour different. That's that's no, dramatic. It's, <laughs> it's enormous. And so I was like, wow. Like, yeah, th- let's go. Let's start it. So I started a website so that way I could keep track of who ordered stuff, who didn't, and the rest is really history. I tell you that. So you guys started with Miatas, right? Mm-hmm. And. Uh, so do you know how many platforms you actually specifically support now, uh, like make f- specific packages for? Oh, we have well over. Is that even a number you can? Oh, man. Well, it's it's funny because it's like people call us up and they're like, hey, build, build me a wing kit. And we're like, all right, send, mail us a trunk. And so they go in a junkyard, have a carrier, you know, a junkyard near the shop. You have a carrier bring a trunk over. We scan it, build a kit for it, and then build the and so my parts list, the, uh, the, you know, the, the amount of kits we have is I'd be really shocked if it was less than 120 kits. Wow. 
Because yeah, Robbie, yours was a uh, built on a builder wing, right? Yeah, I did a builder wing. So, which I really like that you have that as an option because for because yeah, I, I like to do things all myself and make it way right. more difficult than I need to. So I could just go on your website and get the specs on what I need, and and then just order the the wing to the right dimension, the end plates I want, and then the uprights, and then I can just cut them to whatever I want them to be. And it was so I guess I wouldn't say easy because I made it way harder, but it was as easy as as it could be, and it and it worked, and it was great. Yeah, yeah, you know, I I started off as a DIY guy. I'm I'm still a DIY guy, you know, and I'm like, and there was a lot of people who were telling me not to do that. They were like. Like, no, you got to build kits and you have to, you know, like, this is your program. And so I'm like, no, I, I have to support the DIY guy. That's who I am. You know, like, that's who we care about. So we, we're going to have this. And so we, we put that on the website. Well, I really appreciate it. And I'm sure that a lot of people are doing the same thing. But it's also nice that you have the, the full spectrum of um, of kits as well that are, you know, specific. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I got a 350Z as well. And, the only reason I don't have a nine lives on it is because I got a, a, a you know, dumpster diving bargain basement uh, price on a wing and I'm running that now right. currently. But, uh, you know, the plan would be in the future to get a nine lives as well. But yeah, you have a yeah. kit or if I wanted to do something different, I could use the mounts I already have and then do a, a builder kit. Yeah. Hold off on that one until we get our splitter kit too. Cause we got, um, <laughs> Tom over at grassroots. Oh, yeah, I was too. Dude, <laughs> Tom over at grassroots, uh, talked robin to building him an arrow kit for his 350z and i was like good for for a story and me and tom are really good friends yep. you know and i was like tom what are you doing like we have all these arrow kits we have them for you know na miatas ncs you know corvettes you name it we have these like perfectly balanced kits why don't you just do a story on one we already make and he goes yeah i know <laughs> and, and just continue on like fine we'll make one for the 350z too you know like like we'll they seem to there. be they seem to be like really becoming a hot chassis these days i don't know why they've been overlooked for so long i've always been a z guy and so i'm like i'm like if you look at like a z versus an s2000 you know yeah it's a little heavier it's got way more torque it's a lot wider mm-hmm. it's got it's way, way cheaper way cheaper <laughs> yeah you can fit a lot bigger tire on it you don't have to buy a hard top no. <laughs> you know? nope like it's a really good stuff, you know, and most kids will get rid of them for like five grand. <laughs> yep. No, yeah, I, perfect little I got platform. my, I'll say I got my shelf with half a cage in it for 2,500. <laughs> yeah. So, right. I mean, it, and that was it, still probably a little high. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it's been great. I actually liked last year. I took it out and liked it better than my LS swap 240. Like just the yeah. way, the way it drove, I just, it just felt better on track. So yeah. I, yeah. yeah they're really taut. I, I've had probably three of those three of those uh, z33 platforms mm-hmm. personally so yeah they're good cars i like them a lot yeah i'll definitely have to keep an eye on that because I, I slightly saw... slightly off topic but i want to ask because i apparently have some z experts oh. why does nobody care about the g35 because it's just like the 350 but heavier is it just that it's heavy? Because I think it looks better. I'm probably the, You're the only one like I am with everything else, but <laughs> right. I think it looks better. Oh, you're, you're, you're wrong. You're Kevin Parlett. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's you know. fair. But he's like the only one I ever see. And then like you'll see some like drift ones. Usually those are sedans because that's a, a thing in drifting right now. They, they want the but, wheelbase. <laughs> well, I just think that 
they think it's uh like it's style points everything you know in the drift community is yeah. about being able to and you know it's fine uh yeah. but um yeah just you never see people <laughs> build g35s and i was always like man i like those but oh. yeah i suppose they're heavier aren't they i mean if you need a back seat it's not a bad car either that's true it does have a, you know. i mean it's got a back shelf takes an ls swap well i don't know that i would call it a seat necessarily it's but there for insurance purposes yeah <laughs> it's similar to my audi tt in that respect <laughs> so uh should we should we talk about pre nine lives johnny a little bit sure Sure. How how far back you want to go? <laughs> well, so I kind of I always love hearing people's like car origin stories. What got you into cars? Is this oh, something? It's been something you've done your whole life. Is like, were you born into it? Like me? Did you kind of find it later on? Like Robbie? That's always stuff that's. Were you influenced by a movie or a television show? Like myself, <laughs> Fast and the Furious. <laughs> like, I think that was my generation. Um, the first car memory. Uh, I got was um, my dad. So my mom, when my, when my mom and my dad, uh, she had a Fox body with a five Oh, uh, and it was the last year of the Cobra, if I remember correctly. Uh, and he would take it apart, put it back together and all this stuff. I can hear my cat. Um, <laughs> Mine's and, been bellowing in the background too. So don't feel bad. All right, go. Cool, I won't. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, yeah, I just remember him taking it apart, put it back out and he had a trophy in the garage. And I just vividly remember that trophy, like sitting there. And all I wanted was to get my own, <laughs> my own trophy. And, uh, and, you know, and time went on and I kind of lost, you know, they didn't, he didn't race or anything like that. I think he did a little drag racing. That's how I got the trophy. I never really asked, but, uh, time went on and I got a dirt bike when I was a kid, I grew up on a farm. And so I was like, all right. And I just started racing dirt bikes. And, you know, I think they said the old saying with age, get a cage. And I stopped bouncing so well. (laughs) And I was like, all right, let's try this. Let's try this four wheel thing out. And, and then uh, just kept going from there, pretty much. So was it Miata's first? Uh, no, it was the first thing for speed was a it was CBR nine five four RR, and I was all like I was getting everything ready to do a track day with it. You know, I got the leather pants and the knee sliders and all that stuff, and and it was like it was like two days after that came in i crashed it on the street uh with a buddy doing a wheelie competition and uh, uh and i had bought a 350z too at the time and i was like all right i need to lay off of the two-wheel stuff and and get into the 350z and i did an autocross and after that it was all downhill <laughs> so was that like was the z newer at the time is that how long how yeah. long ago was this are we talking yeah that was 2006. So I bought it two years old. I was fresh out of the army with uh, the GI Bill. Uh, and, yep. And, yeah. So the GI Bill was paying me. I was living with my parents. Uh, the Illinois VA grant for school was paying for my tuition. So I just was just I just had cash. <laughs> I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, I'm gonna go get a sports car. And so I went and bought 
350Z that was fairly new. And uh, yeah, I started autocrossing it. And that was, that was, a, you know, it, it opened a whole world. Uh, yeah. You know, once you started looking and you realize how deep that rabbit hole gets, I'm still finding out how deep it is. And that was 2006 time frame. So then what got you the transition into like working in motorsports? Cause I know you've been doing that for a long time too. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I'd always pushed to make it a living. Um, you know, uh, you know, back in 2007, I, I didn't have a job for like two years. I didn't have any, I couldn't find work. Um, you know, the economy was, was trashed and, and I was just applying everywhere and I was trying to apply for all these really lame jobs, you know, <laughs> like building houses and stuff like that, like stuff I, I knew I hated. And, uh, and yeah, an opportunity at PFC popped up, PFC breaks. And I applied, surprised the hell out of me when they called me. Um, and they're like, do you want to move to Charlotte? You know, I was living in Chicago at the time and I was like, yeah, yeah, I need, <laughs> I need work. <laughs> and so I went down to Charlotte and, first day in that place was a trip man because you just i went from working i was helping a buddy at a, uh, he runs a little z shop you know we we're putting turbo kits and stuff in the car so i was doing that for side cash and uh i went from doing little turbo kits to being you know a sneeze away from nascar and working in grand am and i was like like holy cow like you got to sink or swim right here you know it's one of those things like if you didn't do well you're out on your ass in a heartbeat and if you did well you you're you know you keep your job so we just push push pushed and and yeah it was a riot i wouldn't trade that experience for the world yeah that sounds like it'd be crazy being able to work on pro cars and stuff like that has got to be just uh like such a trip oh yeah it's you know the first you know and i you know the whole time i was unemployed i was just watching racing on tv and then the next thing you know I'm in it and you know, Scott Pruitt's right here, you know, after I was just watching him on TV for the last four years. So it was this moment. I'm like, okay, I, I have to remain incredibly professional right now, but I am so starstruck. <laughs> I'm like inside. You're just like, ee, you know, like a little kid. And uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly how that feels. We've Robbie and I've had that moment. Robbie and I have known each other for like, 15 years or something like that. And uh, right. we originally were friends skating and mm-hmm. we used to go to these big, huge competitions and, and like, you'd be rubbing shoulders with like the biggest pros in the world. And like, this is so crazy. Yeah. You realize they're just like normal people, just like the rest of us, mm-hmm. you know? And now we're into this racing thing and we're meeting people that are like, just, you know, we never thought this would be a thing, but yeah, here we are. Oh yeah. You know, so, and, when you get to know him a lot of times, you know, it's like, it, I'm sitting there, I'm like, Ben Keating has my number. <laughs> and he texts me. <laughs> you know, like, like, Jeez. like, this is so cool. You know? <laughs> yeah, that would be crazy. You know, you're like, this is so cool. You know, it, it's, it's, it's where I want to be, you know? And, it, it, you know, I was sitting down with Rob, the, you know, Lindsay at Moreland. Uh, he's like, you know, he's like, we should come up with a plan. And I go, okay, we need to win Lamar. That's, and, a, that's a good plan. And he was like, well, well, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't care what we got to do. We need to win the ma. Like we've done everything else. Like we've sat here and we've pushed so hard. We, we want Daytona. Like we need to win the ma. We need to get hooked up in a program where we do the consulting on it. And we need to set it up and then we need to win it. 
Like that's the goal for the company. And he was like, mm, okay. <laughs> so you still do some of that, the like pro racing consulting and stuff like that, even yeah. with the. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's, uh, I try to be something for everybody, you know, so if you call in and you talk to me about your civic, I try to help you out the best I can. If you call in and talk to me about your, you know, uh, we were just working with Kelly Moss at, you know, with the new 992 Porsche cup cars, you know, I'm going to help you with that. It doesn't like, it doesn't matter. I don't care what level you're on <laughs> kind of a thing. You know, there's, there's a lot of people out there that really turn up their nose at club racers, um, in pro racing. And I'm just like, you guys are stupid. Like, why would you do that? Like these guys are just as passionate, you know, they might not have the budget, you know, but there's, they're still here doing it. Hey, we don't want to talk about racers turning their nose up at other groups right now. You get Robbie really fired up. <laughs> you know, pissed. Does he race lemons? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. Oh, okay. not yet. Not yet. <laughs> no, we had a, so, we had a local club racing group kick our time trials group out of their their little group. So now we got to find new events, <laughs> new events to go to. So. They don't oh, seem to understand that time trials feeds. is a great way to yeah. feed into <laughs> club sport or into club racing. That doesn't seem to track with them, which is very what? strange to me. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, just look at GLTC. Like, yeah, <laughs> yes. It's got well, 90% and, and of the TT guys in it now. That's, you know, Robbie's a prime example of that. You know, he mm-hmm. he started doing a few HPDs, moved to, the, to our local time trial program. Now he's on the board or some weird thing with it, but, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of looking to move towards club racing and then these guys make that move. Well, you know where Robbie's not going to go club racing at now. Yeah. You know, it's, so it, it it always cracks me up, you know? So what I bring the nine lives is of course the marketing side, you know, I know how to effectively talk with customers. I know, uh, I, know I basically take the, the I call it the quacking noise that engineers make, and I convert it into, <laughs> you know, substance that normal under, normal humans can understand. You have people and, skills that the engineers don't have. Yeah, it's an entire <laughs> career path filled by lots of people. <laughs> like, it's a thing. Uh, but I always find it funny when I sit back and I watch race organizers work. And I'm like... I'm like, this dude just paid you 500 bucks to come run your event. You're yelling at him. (laughs) Like, are you out of your mind? (laughs) You know, like, these are your, these are your people. These are how you pay your mortgage. Like, how can you be a complete ass to them? (laughs) And, uh, and the first person I, or first organization I've ever seen that actually like took your, like you as a customer's feelings into consideration is grid life. And I was like, I'm on board. Like I'm on board in this. This is like Adam kills it every single time. I, I I don't care what it is. I'm on board with this. Yeah. Now we've been friends with Adam for years, and and just I know he talks about being so stressed and how hard it is, but like grid life's doing so good because of the way they approach it and and the yeah. direction they take it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's it's no surprise that it's as successful as it is and 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 popular as it is, just by the yeah. way they run their and, events. Oh yeah, that that was like my big shocker when I got in the NASCAR was like i'm like you guys hate your fans i've never seen <laughs> like if there is a way for nascar to kick fans a little harder they'll do it and i'm like what is wrong with you people you know they they have these little areas where like oh the, that's where the fans go <laughs> you know like this little like they bother them or something you know like, like golly like 
Oh, it drives me nuts just watching it. <laughs> so That's something that drag racing gets right. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I haven't been to an NHR race. Uh, mostly because they don't do brakes arrow, uh, but <laughs> I mean they gotta slow those cars down. Uh, well, I guess they slow down with more arrow than anything. I guess we should make parachutes. There you go. But uh, <laughs> but but yeah, from what I've seen, like that, that like, you get right up there, you see the people. You know, they kind of yeah. kind of look at the teams or like deal with it. Like these are if they're not here, you're not here, kind of a thing. Yeah, you yeah, can be uh, you can be ten foot away from them while they're rebuilding that, you know, ten thousand horsepower motor or whatever it is, and the driver will be yeah. standing there talking to people and signing autographs and you know, Perfect. kissing hands and shaking babies the way it should be. So, <laughs> uh, that's always one thing that's really been uh, impressive to me with yeah. drag racing. Oh yeah, yeah, um, it's always, you know, whenever someone comes up like, oh, I have your wing, and I'm like, like that generally makes me feel like. That gives me a warm feeling inside. You know, like when Robert said, oh, yeah, we got your wing. And I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. You know, it's like that's what we do. We push for you guys every day. And it, it feels good to know that that message is getting through. And, you know, it just it makes my day. It makes me happy. I'm sorry. No, no, it's, oh, cool. it's cool. And, yeah. and it should, though. I mean, it shows the passion. And, and it all, I mean, it, it was just funny. Like a few years ago, you're like, you'd, you'd see the Nine Lives stuff come out. And like some people would have it. And then now it's just like, if you want to be serious in Time Attack, everyone's got them like it's it's mm-hmm. or even not just time attack like club racing too i mean it's just they're everywhere and there's a reason yeah for that. <laughs> yeah exactly you know it's it's you know we just try to just try to help everybody as much as we can and um you know and try to make a community out of it because arrow is such a a pain in the ass <laughs> to work with that you know when you get one chassis you you can really dive into that chassis and really develop something for it, and then when you get to the next chassis, none of that stuff works anymore. Right. You know, uh, I give you an example of fender vents. Like we we tested the fender vents on my car on a little on, on a Miata, and uh, on like every prototype, every other car out there, they make drag. Um, you know, they help cooling, they help a little bit of downforce, but they make a ton of drag. But when we tried it on our car, it reduced drag. And it adds a little bit of downforce, so it's like, all right, great, you know, another thing to, like, maybe this works. <laughs> you know? Huh? That's so strange. It's got to be so frustrating from like a business point of view because you can't just like print, you know, you can't just like print mm-hmm. a product, just make a billion of them and sell them to everybody, mm-hmm. and like, yep, it works. I swear, it works. It'll right. be great. Like, that's not how that goes. That's got to be kind of frustrating almost it, it is and you know anybody that talks you know with racers you know from our organization i'm like no matter what you do never say definite and yes <laughs> it's always maybe and should <laughs> you know because unless we've tested it we can't say that um you know like on the corvettes now on the corvette kit we've got a lot of development in the corvette kit uh that's when we're like okay we're absolutely sure on this but yeah you're right we can't just make a thousand widgets you know like we can't have four part numbers you know like apple would yeah. and sell it to everybody we, we just can't do it that way it's it's a lot of time and effort developed into each one to make it right for your kit for your car and what you're trying to do with it yeah that's uh that's crazy Sorry. Get a little, no, you're good 
Maybe we're getting a little boring. Maybe I'm diving a little. No, too not deep. at all. You're, you're you're talking to the oh. two people that won't get bored with any of this. <laughs> yeah, I'll try. I'll try to keep it a little. Uh, no, I'll, I'll little start asking you real specific CFD engineering type stuff here real soon. <laughs> all right, well, let's Robbie, that Robbie's for... the engineer guy. Like that's what yeah. he does for a living, you know. And okay. so, so he'll love that stuff. I cool. probably won't understand most of it, but yeah. I'll act interested at least. <laughs> let's save that for the end when. For the real hardcore guys to really hang on to it, works for me. So, before we get we we started there and then we left it. Let's go back to it because I want to talk about it. Breaks. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about breaks because <laughs> I think that there's a lot of that stuff that people don't understand that you have a grasp on from your mm-hmm. past. Um, and I, I kind of mentioned it to you before we started the show, but but uh, everybody loves their glowing rotor pictures. That's you know, Absolutely. that's like the thing that everyone asks for on <laughs> Track Midwest after we have a night race or a, uh, whatever at every event. Um, Thousand degrees. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I, apparently that's not necessarily. I mean, it's going to happen either way. I'm sure, mm-hmm. but right. uh, so break balance and stuff like that is what you were, you had, I'd seen you talk about in the past. Uh, how do you, how do you figure that stuff out? Where do you even start with that? <laughs> so it's a lot of, on those, we had lots of spreadsheets and calculators. Uh, so, and it's funny when you at, like I'd bring my pro racing calculators when I was working at OG or PFC, uh, when I would bring my pro series, pro level calculators out, and I'd be like telling people I'm like, okay, well, what's your, you know, what's your cross weight and balance? I'm like, okay, uh, what's your, what's your center of gravity? And they go, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, okay. I don't know well, how to even get there. Like, I guess we could guess at that number. I'm like, what's your piston size? Well, I don't know. You know, <laughs> so it's one of these like, all right, I need to start working and understanding the the you know the balance better so we can work out the calculators. Um, but other than that, you can tune it mostly by driver feel. You know, if you if you're locking a tire, if you're going to a braking zone, you lock a tire. That's the wrong answer. Um, you got a balance. You got an imbalance in the car. And one thing I've pushed my entire career is balance. You know, we we push it at nine lives. We push it at push it at PFC, push it at OG. Just you got to get that balance right because you got to get all four tires working right at the same rate. You'll never get 110. You'll never get 101 percent traction out of a tire. But you can get 100% traction out of two tires. Now you got what would normally be 200% on one. So it's you know you got to get that balance right if you want to build a, a fast race car. And you know generally for a driver sitting in the car, how they would tune it is if you go into a braking zone and you're not in a weird transition. You know transitions will throw you off every time. You know like Road Atlanta going to 10A, uh, it's all downhill. So you're going to be really light in the rear anyway. So throw it, you know, don't set your balance based on that. You know, you got to think more of a flat balance forward braking moment. Um, then you got to start seeing like, okay, am I locking a tire? If I am, where is it? Where is it at? You know, are you, if it's locking in the front, you need to send some balance to the rear. If you're locking in the rear, you need to send balance to the front. And it's basically, this is kind of balancing game using piston sizes, line pressure, pad compound rotor sizes piston size you know just trying to get it to come out right come out even that was, that was gonna be my next question is what so you know, I've, I've seen lots of people like i know uh 
in even Miatas, you know, a lot of people will put a more aggressive pad in the front and a less yeah. aggressive pad in the back. Mm-hmm. I also have seen lots of different ways to do brake bias and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you even go about figuring? Like, so you, you're saying piston size. Yep. I mean, that's kind of hard to change. Yeah. That's, that's fairly set. Um, Must have changed you, calipers. Right. Do yeah. you, do you find that like with most, big brake kits and stuff like that that come with or that are built specifically for cars or is that usually taken into effect or is that something you find like people are just throwing the biggest brakes they can on it and not thinking about it so when it comes to brake and brake kits i've only known four people in my entire career that can build a good brake kit can we list them are we allowed uh, to know? Is that things you can divulge? Yeah, Derek Dong, <laughs> Justin Cockrum, uh, the Jeff uh, Ritter, and um, and John, I uh, forget John's last name, uh, at Pro Systems. Um, those are the only ones I've ever seen build a decent kit. Everyone else is just guessing. Uh, okay. So <laughs> it, it's, it's not horsepower, right? If it was horsepower, everybody would know what degree of what degree of lift your camshaft has, right? Because it's not this sexy thing, you know, it's actually the exact opposite of that. Nobody really pays much attention to it. And so when it comes down to actually building something good, it's, it's very few people that have invested the time to learn how to do it right. But, well, yeah, so those big brake kits, are they yeah. good? Depends on what car you got. You know, if you got a Honda, uh, you know, something that's front engine, front wheel drive, it's all the weights go, all the bias is going on the front anyway, then yeah, you need it. Um, if you got a Corvette and the brake system on it is trash from the factory, yeah, you need it. Other than that, <laughs> eh, it's pretty open if you need it or not. Corvettes are interesting to me because not only do their brakes seem to be real trash from the get-go, but also they're way more expensive than it is to just like replace or put a put a different kit on the front and then the pads are cheaper you know it, mm-hmm. it doesn't take long to save money by upgrading yeah Cor- corvettes are a pain in the ass um the it's like it's like G- gm went into pratt and miller so they said how do we build the c5 pratt and miller told them they took all the high points out of it and then just let the bean counters ruin the rest of it you know, so they got the real nice V8 with all the torque. They got the transaxle where it's in the back. You got the weight distribution's perfect. It's wide as a freight train. You know, he's uh, got these the offset and the hubs is perfect. The tires are huge. And then they let some dude like in their first year of accounting hand, like build the braking system on it and the cooling systems. You know, and so oh, it's God. just like it's, as soon as you get like the car, the you got to throw most of it away. Yeah. But at least you don't have to fabricate anything kind of a thing. It seems like vets have really come into uh, popularity, at least in our little circle um, of racing here, kind of like the Z's. They've, mm-hmm. they've seemed to have really, I, I think especially the C5s have kind of uh, dipped down into an area where people will consider turning them into race cars more often. Oh, yeah. they're They're really becoming a popular platform. Yeah, I traded a stock car for one. Yeah, you've got a C5, don't you? Yeah, yeah I had a, uh, a stock car that was just a, a shell of a stock car. No, like a, a rear axle, no drivetrain. And a guy traded a running driving C5 for it. For it. And I'm like, yeah, every day of the week, I'll take that trade. That's awesome. 
Are stock cars as good of an idea as I think they are? No. <laughs> no? No. No, is that, uh, is that a trap? It, it is. It, it's a trap, and for the only reason being that every race organization will hate you. Yeah. Right. So, and it's something about the loud. tube jet. Yeah, like they don't want them. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I'm sure like Lemons is like, no. You know, Champ Cars is like, we'll just penalize you to the death. I mean, it's, they're they're relatively quick. Um, they're cheap to keep going. Uh, tires are like, you can find them laying on a street corner in Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like they're, they're, if you want to just do a track day on it, there's nothing wrong with it. But if you want to go racing with it, it is a nightmare <laughs> trying to get an organizer to let you run it. Are they cheap on consumables? The, I, I say they're as cheap as it. They're as cheap as you want to make it, okay. right? So if you want to put a two thousand dollar Chevy small block in it, you know, with a cheap Jericho and run it on uh, metric calipers, then yeah, you can run them really stupid cheap. Uh, but chances are you're probably gonna do that one day, and then you're gonna stumble upon an LS three, and then with 700 horsepower and then you're going to stick that in there and then you got to upgrade everything. Now you're getting into some real money trying to keep it alive. And so it's kind of, it's a, it's a blank canvas that you can usually dig yourself a big hole. (laughs) I just see them so cheap and I think, man, that would be so nice. I could do whatever I want. If I don't like something, you just cut it off and weld it back on in a different place or whatever. And I don't know. It just seems like such a good idea, but I'm sure it's not. Yeah, it's just if you want to, like I said, if you want to do a track day, it's perfect. You know, it's great, great car for it, you know. Uh, but if you want to go racing with it, every organization out there is going to smack you with so many rules that it would be impossible to be competitive with it. Yeah, that's probably unfortunately true. Yeah. I'm surprised there hasn't been one at GLTC yet. Hate to burst your bubble. I'm sorry. Yeah. What is a tube frame car be illegal in GLTC? No, there's rules written specifically think, for it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, like Ryan Kristoff and that crazy little CRX that he's got is basically yeah. a tube frame car. And right. so I, I think it's just a weight modifier, just like everything else. Oh, huh. Maybe I should throw so, an uh, air restrictor on my, my V8 Miata. There you go. Bring it out. I think that'll be that'd be awesome. <laughs> is that basically a tube frame car at this point too? It's I call it one third or two thirds tube frame. So like the floor, the front end is all tube, but I still have the rear. The rear of the car is all OEM. I still have the A pillars, uh, and the rockers are are still stock. But we yeah, everything else has been cut out and and made in the tube. So is that like how your, heavy is that car then? Uh, twenty two hundred pounds. Oh, so it's still up in there. It's decent, yeah. I mean, it's, there's a lot of stuff crammed in that little car. That's fair. I mean, it is a you know a V eight car. It's it's not, but uh, and yeah, it's got quite a cage in it too. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're gonna hit. We hit one hundred sixty five at Road Atlanta <laughs> or at Daytona. I'm like, this is really fast in this tiny, tiny car. <laughs> that is moving. Yeah. I saw that video where you lost a tire. And yeah. first of all, well done on, uh, on not uh, crashing. Because, yeah. man, that kind of came out of nowhere. 
Yeah, yeah, I was reaching down to put in the sixth and just bang. <laughs> and I, I think it was a lot to do with the diffuser because as soon as it popped, the diffuser started dragging on the ground. And I think that kept me straight more than anything. So oh, okay. I think that, that saved me. Or in See, arrow, arrow is safety. It is safety. <laughs> it's safety. And, and that's, you know, that's always good. Everyone has to have a nine lives racing diffuser on their car, like because of the children. <laughs> Take note, Miata guys. Right. <laughs> so is that, uh, yeah, your Miata, your, your LS swap Miata, is that like a test bed that you guys use, or is this like strictly your personal race toy? So that car has been with me since the very beginning. I, I did the V8 swap in Chicago. When I was unemployed, and I had a whole bunch of time on my hands. Uh, and it was like ever since day one, I was like, I'm going to use this to learn. You know, um, like when I got to PFC, I was trying every brake pad combination in the world under it. So that way, when I actually got into the pits, I could effectively communicate it with the drivers or communicate with the engineers. Because um, I was the, I don't know why this is the way it is, but I'm, like constantly the only one that drives in pro level, you know, consulting like everyone else is like, nobody else drives, no one else races except for like maybe one or two. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm like, man, like this is a really good experience that I can use to effectively communicate with my customers and get stuff right. So, so any, any chance I got to try something on that car, we did it and we just didn't care about the rules. We didn't care about anything. We just wanted to learn and grow. And, you know, I spent too much time with a trans am team and that's why it's tube frame. And, you know, we spent too much time PFC brakes. Why it's got trans am brake kit on it. Um, and, you know, and then we let Rob go nuts on the arrow and I always find I learned best, uh, and, on stuff when I'm building it for my own car, you know, I'm more actively engaged in it. So it's, uh, so that's, that's the reason behind that car. So it's not out to win anything or do anything special it's other than just to go as fast as we possibly can go. Which you seem to do consistently well with. <laughs> At that- one track. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really slow to learn tracks. I'm not a pro driver at any means. I'm not, you know, like, like watching Katil drive, and oh, just drive the, the wheels off the car at every track is, I'm just so jealous of that. You know, I'm like, how do you guys do this? It's so upsetting. <laughs> it is. You know, I spent so much time at Road Atlanta because I, I live right next to or right next door to it. And I got probably a few hundred laps around it. And it's gotten me after about five years, I think I got the track almost figured out. <laughs> and these guys can do it in an afternoon. So it's, you know, I'm like, okay, well, like I'll try <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a, that's a serious yeah. skill that uh, not a lot of people have. Yeah, like watch, watching Catil's progression in the last few years is just mind numbing. How how much he, he's how much he has been able to do so quickly. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just you know any of those guys, Catil, you know, Luke McGrew came out of nowhere. Oh yeah, you know and he's he's killing it. Um, you know, so it's yeah, it's it's really impressive. I love watching these GLTC races. I mean, it's just so much talent involved. It's you know, it's just, it's it's awesome to watch. Couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're building the C5 for that, is that right? Uh, the C5 is always up in the air. 
It's, mm-hmm. I think it's going the build direction is going to happen uh, when I pull it into the garage because <laughs> I'm constantly like, oh, you know, I want a street car. Oh, no, I want a, I want a race car that has a cage or that can also do street. And and then I bought a supercharger. And then, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, 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 well, we'll see. Like, as soon as I pull it in the garage, I'll feel like whatever I want to do with it at that point, then that's that's what it'll be. And, you know, but I'm always tossing ideas out. I always change my mind. Yeah, that's it's always so hard. There's so many good options, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I really always wanted a twin turbo Corvette. <laughs> and don't we all? Yeah, of course, right? And so I'm like, man, I got the you know, I got the fab equipment. <laughs> you know, I can I could bust out a set of headers real easy. <laughs> you spent too much time watching in car videos from Ferris, apparently. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I told Ferris <laughs> as soon as he got done with his kit, I'm like. I'm like, you're making me want to do bad things. <laughs> like that kid is so bad, so badass. It's super cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cocky just hanging out there. I know. The world, you see? I love just it hanging so out. <laughs> oh, I know. I, it, when I saw that, I'm like, how can you just not put turbos there anymore? Like after that, like, like how can you ignore that? You know, it makes me wonder from like an era perspective, if that's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a weird place for him. But yeah, uh, I guess if you have enough horsepower, what's it matter, right? Uh, no, it'll drag always matters. You know, <laughs> I always, I'll always do that. Um, that's fair. You know, uh, but actually cutting those fenders off the way it did, what well, probably helps the splitter work a lot better, or that big silly front wing that he's got now. Like I bet you the having that fender area removed really helps that out. So. So he might have accidentally tried to add power and then accidentally made his arrow better. Well, maybe when I maybe. talked to him at super lab this year, after, yeah. I think after the first session he went out, he said they had that, that giant APR 1000 on the back of that thing at like full angle of attack yeah. like as much as it could go. And the back end was all over the place because the front end of that car was just so stuck to the ground with that setup they have on there. Oh it's yeah. So was... crazy. <laughs> When he got it mounted, that was the first thing I said. We we're on a, like a little, GL, you know, a little uh, GTA check group. Right. And as soon as he got that mounted, I'm like, that rear wing is not going to be enough. Like, <laughs> there is no way. <laughs> I'm like, you should have just had Cody build you two at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And so the watch his in car was was wild too. Yeah. It was like he would like slow down way way down. The rear end would dance all the way around the corner, and then it was like watching you know like Star Trek. You know, with all the stars <laughs> coming around the car, just it would just blast off into space. Like I was, I was physically laughing watching the in car because it was the acceleration was so intense. I'm like, I couldn't even imagine driving that thing. That was such a rocket. Yeah, it's a full on drag car that turns corners. I mean, right? <laughs> it's great. Has he admitted what the horsepower is yet? No, he he's toying with me about. It. He called me out on it, which I know I he did. Hilarious. I know he did. I think it's hilarious, <laughs> but uh, he's he's still playing it close to his chest. So really? That, that's fine. Yeah, Keep your he secrets. Playing, he was saying like seven hundred or something like that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I I, th- I remember him saying that like, which I don't think at the time at Superlap, I don't think he ever ran it more than like the lower boost setting, mm-hmm. but I I think like at, at the full higher boost setting, he said it made like, you know, 12 or 13, whatever the number was. I don't even remember, yeah. but yeah, I, I you know, sense. I'm just like, eh, 
does it though and then you know i i remember cole saying a similar number and i'm like man it seems like your car spent a lot of time at a place that makes 3000 horsepower gtrs to only make 1200 horsepower like i don't know you know you keep your secrets that's fine i'm not you know i love it as much as the next guy but it just seems see, a little sus that's, that's i want to see cole's c5 i want to see that thing go yeah word on the street was that car doesn't have the power to to be that great yet yeah well that's easy i mean it's not less yeah water. that's easily fixed <laughs> throw a couple turbos so, on it done yeah. you know that's yeah. not even the hard part yeah, yeah. well seeing that uh seeing andrew's pr- uh work on that thing is you know i'm like I'm like there's a lot to be learned off of that kit you know just sitting there just walking around looking at it. it's like I'm like all yeah. right i i see a lot there's there's a lot that I understand after seeing the C5 and in uh, you know in the CFD and in the tunnels. There's a lot that that car makes sense, and I'm like, oh, that's how he got around these issues. That's how he did it. Like, all right, I get it. You know, kind of a thing. So it, it was pretty cool to. I'm like, I want to see that thing go. I want to see that thing with some power, and and like yeah. a real hot shot, hot shoe driver. And I bet you that thing's gonna be a rocket. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Everything that comes out of that shop is impressive. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'd love to get one of those little Sierras. Uh, two years ago at Grid Life uh, Alpine, at the one in mm-hmm. Colorado, they were letting people drive those. And yeah. a friend of mine that was with me that year went and drove it. And I really, really wanted to, but I just I couldn't quite swing the money. I didn't want to. And I regret it every day. They look they so had, uh, If it had the nose wing on it, they had our wing. Uh, I think that was pre-wing. Okay. But maybe, yeah, they, uh, I don't remember. Cole, like as soon as we fired up, he gave me a shout. He was like, "Hey, we need some wings for these cars." I'm like, "Hell yeah!" And uh, he shot me a picture of it running up Pikes Peak with uh, with the aluminum wing on the front. You know, they they had put a couple extra elements on it, but I was like, "That's so cool!" Like, like later at the time, I was just working out of my garage, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, "We already got a wing that goes up Pikes Peak. That's so badass." <laughs> I mean, you got parts on the car. You should at least have the chance to drive it, right? Yeah, right. Come on. Oh, Cole, if you're listening, <laughs> next time you're on the East Coast, let me know. Hook a brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, those are Hayabusa, right? Powered? Yeah, some, some kind of super bike engine. I know they they did their own uh, diff on it and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's, yeah so it would be a little four-cylinder screamer motor with a, a sequential in it. You know, all good news. You know, yeah, I think they were, having, they were having some tough times with the, with the trans when they were at grid life with them, that was real yeah. early in the development of the car. Mm-hmm. So yeah, still gotta, super cool. Yeah. Uh, motorcycle engines don't like to go into cars. There's a lot of stuff you got to go around, you know, but to, to work around and to make, make those work, you know, just look at any radical. Mm-hmm. There's always a ton of work trying to get those things to live in the back of them. Yeah. Uh, those are obnoxiously cheap on the on the used market. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it it kind of scares me. Like there, there's got to, you know, there's got to be a reason they're that cheap. Right. Yeah, it's always like, well, I can tell you the reason because <laughs> you got to get the parts from England, and they know what they got. You know, so it's yeah, that's true. It's like a wel- a welder that knows his worth is really annoying to deal with, and it's kind of like the same thing for that for those car manufacturers yeah that's probably true um 
apparently somebody near us has an aerial Adam and he's going to bring it to an autocross. Yeah. And that's cool. Cause I've never seen one of those before. Or no, I have seen one of those. I think I've seen one of those with one of your wigs on it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. But I've only seen it once though. We, we got a few Jeff's Jeff's running around with a triple element on the front of his now. So a triple element. Okay. Then. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you had a triple element. Is that a, a, we'll make anything. If you call okay, us up that's and with a, with a hope and a dream, you just let us know. We'll make it, you know, we got trip single element triples, uh, splitters. Uh, you know, we, we're getting into carbon now. We're developing a new carbon division uh, where we're going to be. The, the trick is, all right, so on carbon wings, the big time suck and the big thing that t- takes all the money uh, is labor and just building the thing. You know, you got to cut them in half. You got to glue them together. You got to make sure all the jigs are right. That's a lot of work. So we're trying this new process where it removes 90% of the labor. Um, and hopefully it'll reduce the cost of the carbon wing by, you know, a substantial margin. That'd be awesome. Robbie's listening. I am. Robbie loves carbon fiber. Who doesn't? It's, it's pretty cool to watch it go. You know, I'm, I'm a, my background is a fabricator, you know, as for metal and aluminum and especially. And so when I wander over to the composite shop and I see them doing infusion on, you know, a splitter or something like that is, it's pretty cool to watch. I'm sitting there like, man, <laughs> this took me an hour on beating this out of aluminum. <laughs> yeah, I got like a couple of friends that have a fab shop in town, uh, fact fabrication, and then like their race team mm-hmm. is also working with more like getting into carbon. So it's like I was over there wa- helping them with some other stuff and just kind of watched them like lay yeah. the carbon for their splitter and 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 start just working through it. It's like, man, I should I can really get into this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm watching. I'm like, this is a really slippery slope. Oh, yeah. you know. And then it's like, then you're like Cody. We got an autoclave in your garage, kind of a thing. Yep. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, oh no, where where have I gone? And then all of a sudden, you got a prototype. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> like, what he's got. <laughs> I hate it when this happens. <laughs> what a wild, wild machine. Yeah, exactly. That he has built there. Mm-hmm. So, um. This kind of popped into my head. So, so oh. the wing you make now, the aluminum wing, yeah. is ex- it's extruded. What exactly does that mean? So it's a process um, where they take a uh, – it's an extrusion like any other you would see, you know, for, you know, your shower curtains or your – I see extrusions a lot in bathrooms um, kind of a thing. And it's – they take a big hunk of aluminum and heat it to 900 degrees – they put it in the press and then they squeeze it out like spaghetti or like out of a meat press kind of a thing. And out comes your shape. Okay. Um, you know, I think, and, that, think that Play-Doh thing when you were a kid. Where you, exactly. Where you yeah. Okay. And <laughs> exactly. And I don't even so, get it that hot. You know, it's only 900 degrees. Yep. So, so my, guys, my father-in-law works for Winnebago, the, yeah. the camper manufacturer. And he mm-hmm. works, for like they have a whole division that does aluminum extrusion. Apparently yeah. they do it for a lot more than just themselves. Mm-hmm. And he's like a like a shift lead or something. Like he's kind of high up in there, you know. And and I I had no idea what it really meant. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. So I, it just you know, it's it comes out this really long that one two dimensional shape that you give them, uh, and then they they build it to that spec. And what makes ours a little bit different than anybody else? And I've trust me i've tried is our wall thickness on our wing is way thinner than 
I can get it done anywhere else. Because when we were getting from Milan, I tried to go direct and try to get them myself, um, you know, because Milan's was expensive. And uh, I tried, I was like sending them all the drawings and, you know, like, here, can you guys make this? And they're like, we can't get that wall thickness. Like we, nobody could do it. I've probably called a hundred extruders. No one even came close. And so I was like, all right, like well, I guess I just got to keep doing it this way. You know, I'm not going to build a heavier wing, you know, like not, nothing like that. But yeah, so it's a, it's a weird process that these guys use that involve uh, some kind of water cooling at the same time that they're pushing it through kind of a thing. Huh? So did you ever talk to Winnebago? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> I didn't. I actually, I might have. Is their extrusion business called Winnebago? Because I don't know if it. Out, but... I don't know if it's called Winnebago. It might be a different name. I have no idea, to be honest. Yeah, with you. They, I just. I know it's all in like the same compound. But yeah, I don't know it, if it's a different name or whatever. Yeah, it's always, they always have different names for the little divisions and stuff like that. You never. You always find out later because anybody that gets into that level of manufacturing. Like they are just so checked out of their lives. <laughs> they're like, they're like, are you placing the order? No. All right. Bye. And then they hang up. Like, kind of a thing. Yeah. You know? It's not like motorsports. We're all like, like really excited and happy to be there. Kind of a thing. Yeah. He never wants to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just a job. He's been there a long time and it's just a job to him. Yeah, exactly. So I get that. Right. But, I don't know. I think it'd be hard to go to work like that every day. It, like Robbie's like, I go to work like that every day. Every, but... every day. Yeah. Well, when <laughs> I, I was, I don't care about fuel nozzles in airplanes, just so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, you, when I was you, in college, I was going for mechanical engineering. Yeah. Yeah. And I took a job working for uh, a pollution control company where I had lots of engineers. You know, I was just assembling for them. And they were all miserable. Well, like yeah. not a single one smiled. <laughs> you know, I was like, man, I'm maybe I'm at least I don't have that. <laughs> you know, like like maybe I need something a bit more flash bang, <laughs> you know, than that. Keep my attention. Yep. No, I don't I think, I don't blame you at all. I yeah. think for Robbie, like you might not like the product, but the process is at least interesting, isn't it? Yeah, no, like I, I've, I've carved out a really nice niche at work where, like, I do 3D printing with metal, and you know, I'm developing that technology, and then I also that's cool do like tool design and and like manufacturing stuff. So I mean, it's my job is, itself is pretty cool. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not passionate about the product, um, fuel nozzles for airplanes, but I mean, I don't dislike my job either, though. Just, just so we're perfectly clear. I, but I do work for, you know. for anybody who works with Robbie. He yeah, loves his job. It's the best <laughs> job <laughs> ever. The boss All the people that right works now. with him. He loves his job. He loves everybody at work. I, all he my coworkers. Yeah, I have, I have the best coworkers. Actually, my boss and I get along great. Like we had a one-on-one meeting. We just sat and, and caught up and BSed and, and it, it's all good. It's like, no, I truly That's don't cool. have complaints. And it, yeah, yeah, I work normal I hours. It's, and- <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Like we have, like I, we got full time employees like first time last year, and it is the weirdest thing to be a boss. <laughs> like, well, you, not- it's never, it's never something I've wanted to do, <laughs> kind of a thing. But now I'm, I have to. So I'm like, oh, okay, like it. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> You've got to have like a small army of people at this point. Yeah, I was going to say, you? you 
if you only hired yeah. your first two employees a year or so ago, you've expanded real fast. Yeah. Well, we've got the whole company didn't exist three. Yeah, it was in the garage three years ago. Right. You know, and yeah, now we got, you know, we're, we're direct with the aluminum extruders where we have our whole process in, in house, you know, we like everything is at nine lives. It, it is, you know, we have to control the quality of it because of what we do. You know, it's not like one of these things where I can send out, like we got really, I get really pissed at our powder coaters. You know, I was like, I'm like, look guys, you can't, I, I have to be able to give people an ETA and when their stuff's done, you know, I can't just say it's done when it's done. Like I can't do that. I have to, you know, so I, I basically offered to, to throw in and, and, and partner with them and maybe give myself a little free, you know, align in, you know, with their process and they didn't want to do it. So I'm like, screw it. So I went out and bought a big powder coating oven and all the equipment to get, to do it ourselves. So I was like, all right, like, like we got to control our quality. It's, it's the only way we're going to be successful in this business. Yeah. If you want to do it right, do it yourself. Basically. <laughs> powder coating is kind of fun though. I do like powder coating. It's, it's fun. There's a lot of stuff that we do that's really fun <laughs> for like the first 200. <laughs> that's fair. That's kind yeah. of yep. manufacturing yep. in a nutshell. Exactly. Almost like like sanding the wings. Like the first couple wings I sanded, I'm like, oh man, like I'm really into it. You know, I'm like really getting that polish going. But after I got 200, I'm like, I need to hire a guy to do this. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> How much how much uh, sanding do those require? Because I mean, they show up all nice, shiny, and smooth, and I just assume mm-hmm. that they get extruded somewhat close to that. But I, apparently, that's uh, not the case. It's <laughs> fair. I mean, we only do one grit. You know, oh, okay. we don't do like a grit change or anything like that. But yeah, it's like a four hundred grit that we just bring it down. We had one one um, every time somebody complains, I listen really hard because it's really hard for you know people like us, and so nobody wants to say anything bad. You know, so they're afraid they're going to get yelled at on the internet or something. <laughs> so whenever someone complains, I'm just like, like, tell me more. Like, what, what else is there? You know. And uh, one guy complained about the quality of the wing was a little lumpy, and I'm like, all right, well, we we have to get that taken care of. You know. Yeah. You know, we're gonna so we sand each one that goes out, trying to you know give it a nice finish, make it makes it look a lot nicer, longer than anything else. Yeah, no, I, 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 that is something I've never commented on or like said anything. But yeah, it is very smooth and nice and, and uniform. So, yeah. you know, I, yeah, clearly we, you've taken the time to make it that way. I just assume like this is this is a nice product. It's it's that's just it's just <laughs> this is good, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, and I'm always like like fussing over the welds too because that's still something I've done every single one. Is I I've, I've welded every single one that's left the building, and so I'm always like like the welds have to be perfect. Like I cannot. <laughs> I cannot have one that's like fudged a little bit. You know, they hey, have to be perfect. You never know when a wing is going to get sent to a guy that validates welds for a living. Right. Well, and it's also the thing that's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always the thing too. Cause like welders always see welders work, you yep. know, kind of oh, thing. Yeah. And I feel like I Trades hope everyone else. Yeah. Well, I just hope in general, like I hope other people see it too. Cause they put a lot of effort. In the, no, it, 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 just, it absolutely shows. Definitely. I, I mean, it's, I hope so. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I don't it's, think it's, I've ever heard anybody complain about anything like that. Yeah. No, so. God, no. Well, it's not, it's not complaining. Like, uh, the guys at VA roadsters, like if you ever get something from VA roadsters, the welds 
that come out of that thing, that place are, you just look at it like, oh, they must have a robot. And it's yeah. not, it's the dude, it's Chandel. It's the, like, he just welds that good. And so when, when I open my, my business, I'm like, I want to be that good. You know, I want to be as good as he is where everyone's just like, holy cow. Like, that's amazing. So you weld everyone? Every you personally? One. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> it is. Well, there's a really expensive that. and a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, that's we've, just I've, wild to me. I've welded every wing and I've welded every every pylon. Huh. Yeah. The guys sit there and they get them all ready. Like today I had 50 wings to weld. They get them all ready. They leave in a big pile next to my welding table. I come in like first thing in the morning with my coffee and I'm like, don't talk to me. And I put my helmet on. And I just go until my, I can't see straight anymore. I get all blurry. Yeah. How long does it take to do a wig for you? Like you got to be pretty quick at it these days. Yeah. I'm gotten pretty quick. A couple minutes, you know, to get, get through it. You know, the guys do all the prep work. So that saves a lot of effort for me. Right. Uh, but yeah, other than that, it's a couple minutes. I mean, when you got 50, I probably did. 30 today in six hours, you know, of welding. So, you know, we got, we got through a good bunch. Now, so I bet the welding is not the longest part. It's the getting them set in the right spot. And like, do you have jigs yeah. or anything like that? Or is it all? Kind yeah, of- yeah. We got jigs and all that stuff, you know, set up, sets up right away, you know, tack it, weld it, yep. you know, move on to the next. You know, You're not just in there with a tape measure and a paint marker. <laughs> just winging it. Just a little bit. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's times when, close enough. There's a lot of times we'll get like custom work, like uh, like diffusers and stuff like that that I'll agree to do. And I'm like, man, I got to go back. Like, I can't do this skip. Like, we, well, like a jig is all pre-set up. Everything's pre-measured. Like, I got to go back to my roots again and like build this thing from scratch mm-hmm. <laughs> and like really go into it kind of a thing. I think the last diffuser I did had 50 feet of welds on it. Jeez. And oh no my jigs. <laughs> yeah, it was it was huge. That's insane. It was insane. It's like the one for my car. You know, it's just a monster diffuser. Right. And yeah, just just welds all the way up and down it, just making it look as good as I can. Wow. That's crazy. Fifty yeah. feet. That's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. I I just assume that you had like three or four or five welders full time just in there making wigs. But <laughs> Yeah, no, just me. And I did have a dream the other day that I got done with a with a meeting. Like I, I was like, it was a dream, and I, it was very vivid. But I, I just got done with like a board meeting, and I was just so over it. And I just grabbed my my bag, my welding helmet, and I just wa- went down to the welding room. And I get in, and I open the door, and everyone's like, "Hey!" You know, and I just <laughs> sit down and and just start welding again, <laughs> just to clear your mind, kind of a thing. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So I don't know, Robbie. What else you got? Um, you ready to hit that CFD? Kind of, yeah. I, well, like, well, I was listening to uh, I think it was Do It for a Living that show you were on. Um, you were talking about how yeah, yeah. you guys offer like CFD analysis and mm-hmm. like at, not just like at a pro level, like at a club racer level. Yep. And like, I don't know why it never occurred to me that you just had like that's a consulting option you guys do, and I had no idea about it. So I'm. Yeah. yeah, just talk about that a little bit, please. So what that is, uh, we get a hold of the car uh, or a car like it, and we go through and we 3D scan it. Uh, we then pro- go through the process of turning it from a you know you, you as an engineer you understand what a mesh is, yep. uh, but it's basically a rough STL 
Um, and it's in the computer world, it's almost pointless. Uh, and so we go through and we remodel your entire car. So we resurface the STL into a actual CAD file. We then go through the bottom of the car. We model the bottom of it and we then stick it into our CFD computers um, and run constant run CFD on it. And it's all based upon your goals. Um, you know, like for some teams we'll do uh, what we call an arrow manual where we'll do all the changes you can possibly do, you know, right heights, uh, wing angles, all that stuff. And then we give you an Excel spreadsheet that says, okay, well, if you're going to add a degree of wing, this is where it's going to change your center balance. Um, this is what's going to do to your downforce. This is what's going to do to your drag. And you can do that for all your settings. So it's, it's a pretty involved process. Uh, but it's, you know, if you're at the racetrack and you're trying to figure out a, an oversteering issue or understeering issue, or you want to gain two miles an hour without losing too much, uh, downforce, it's pretty much the only way you can do it. Gosh, I'm just looking at it thinking like I can make an Excel calculator so that all I have to do is plug it in and then it just spits mm -hmm. out the answer. Oh man. Yeah. The nerd is so excited. The nerd in me is like sheets. so strong right now. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it gets, <laughs> it gets intense, you know, as far as like the changes you can do. And, it, and it's really nice when we get a car that's, that's homologated. Right. You know, cause it's like, Oh, we you mean we don't have to build like three different splitters for it. <laughs> you know, we don't have to do four different wing pylons. Like, okay, let's like, let's do it. Like let's, let's rock and roll. So, so you've got a three fifty Z scan, right? Yeah, we do now. Is that something you would sell? Like if Robbie wanted to buy the CFD scan so that he can play with his own car, is that something you would sell or is that not a thing you it so probably wouldn't be relevant just because it's is, a different setup. Well, it's it's would we sell it? Maybe it depends. You know that kind of a thing. Um, it what we're gonna do with it is actually just build a, an arrow kit. What you would do with it normally is what we'll build, and we're we're not gonna charge any extra for it. You know the the arrow kit's not gonna be four hundred bucks more because we've done this work. It's gonna be the same price we've always charged. Uh, but all it is is just proof that the parts work, and it'll help you do your setup when you're going to the racetrack. You know we'll be able to say, okay, yeah, you can. You got our splitter with the ramps, put three degrees of wing in it. Now you got a balanced balanced arrow platform. You know the same stuff that James Hooten posts pictures of his work always getting done. We've already done it for you. Robbie needs that. I do. I can see right him now. just thinking about it. Like, yeah. damn it. How am I going to find the money for this? I don't have the budget for this this year. Well it's, it, well, it's really like, it really, like if I wanted to send you my car or, you know, and get that type of analysis, it's really not that mm -hmm. expensive, right? I mean, it, it's, it's for the amount of work that you do, it's not. It's, you know. I mean, it's, it's obviously not free, but it's for what yeah, you get. It, you know, think about how much, like, how much would it cost you to add a hundred horsepower? Uh, VQ, a yeah, <laughs> too much. Too much. Let's well, not right. <laughs> right. We're talking how, like just adding it or adding it reliably, and then keeping it. Yeah. Like, how long? How long how do many I need engines it? Are we going through here? <laughs> how was my oil yeah, pressure before? <laughs> just, just hundred shot of nitrous is what five hundred bucks. <laughs> I mean, you can find that shit at a swap meet all day, right? Yeah. Put your your four barrel adapter plate on there. 
<laughs> every car, every engine will do 10,000 RPM once. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It'll get there. Uh, so, but if you do add a, but now if we say how much would it cost to reduce a hundred horsepower worth of drag out of the car? Goes up you know, quite a bit. Now all of a sudden we're half the price of that turbo kit. We're half the price of, you know, of doing major engine work. Right. And it's something that'll always be there. It'll you'll never <laughs> you'll never blow up that 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 amount of drag you've removed. Yeah, you that know? that's always going to help you. Right. So that's that's the you'll always gain more performance out of working with aerodynamics than you will anywhere else, whether it be brakes or horsepower or what have you. So it's it, right now it's the cheapest way to go forward. But, but, but the way you were, yeah, when you were talking about and describing it, it was kind of like that same like epiphany moment where it was like, um, like we were talking to Ross Bentley or Racers 360 or like mm-hmm. uh, the guys at Apex Pro. They're like, people don't, they're not willing to spend money on coaching themselves or like paying to make themselves better drivers. They'll spend a thousand dollars on the car. Yeah. But they won't, like they won't spend the same amount of money on themselves. And, and it's kind of the same thing with the arrow. It's like people will throw on a $2,000 wing, but not look into the the science behind it and just like oh it's a it's a it's a good wing it'll work yeah and then they don't look oh yeah that was like what we found on the corvettes right yep the corvette we found will not make front down force it hates it you know we put a huge splitter on it five inches you know and it just we could overpower the splitter with the aluminum wing and then there's guys out there and that's a nine and you know a nine and a half inch cord wing uh, and there's guys out there with like 17 inch cord wings on these Corvettes. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, like, stop it. You're just blowing through front tires. <laughs> you know, you're not going any faster. Yep. And so it's, I'm like, it's just the, the hard thing to beat in everybody's head. And it's what always pisses engineers off that I'm good at repeating myself many times, but is, <laughs> uh, is balance. You have to have balance. If you don't, when we balance my little Miata, like, I could drive around everybody at Road Atlanta. Like there was uh, this last event, we balanced the car out in the aero platform. There was a stock Audi A6 running in our in our group, and everybody I talked to said the same thing. Like, man, I kept getting stuck behind the stupid Audi, <laughs> and I'm like, that's funny. I never did. I just drove around the outside of them. <laughs> <laughs> like what? I'm like, yeah, just. just it's playing a track out here. I mean, it's not taking up the whole track. And they were always shocked at that. So I'm like, no, you got to get your balance right. If you get your balance right, you'll be amazed with how much performance you'll get out of the car. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially like right now, we sell the Miata downforce kits, and everybody that puts it on just gets back to us, and they're like, wow. Just <laughs> like they don't even know how to explain it. They don't, you know, but they're just shocked with how well it works. So I'm like, like, all right, like we're onto something here. Oh, definitely it works. Mm-hmm. So, what's the the short term and long term goals of Nine Lives? I, I feel like it's probably a fluid, like moving target based, like based on your trajectory in the last even just two years. But, like, uh, yeah. I guess what's next? Because, like, you guys have kind of jumped into you were doing some diffusers, some splitters. Mm-hmm. I guess do you have like a, a like where you're going with in the you know, let's just say the next couple of years. Well, the uh, the aero platform, you know, the packages really were an eye opener um, as far as what people wanted. Um, you know, nobody will tell you what they want. There's kind of <laughs> when you release it, and if it sells well, that's when them telling you. Um, but when we found the aero packages were a real eye opener, 
um, of us doing all this hard work for them. Uh, so we're going to continue pushing those forward. Um, you know, as many platforms as we can have, you know, it's kind of the thing we do. We just kind of just put our nose to the grindstone and work our asses off. Um, and the short term goal is, uh, definitely get killing this lead time we have right now. I hate it. Um, you know, that's like the one thing that I know frustrates people. The one thing that I've heard is a complaint about trying to get stuff from you guys. And I, I guess that's a good problem to have, you know, it's not, it's terrible. I hate it. Well, yeah, but it's, it's showing that, you know, you, you have a, you have a very popular product and I think people understand that's why the lead times exist, but right. It's kind of frustrating. And I really overestimate it too. Like, I'd rather someone get their wing kit. I'd rather tell them six weeks uh, and then get it to them in three Yeah. than the other way around. Um, I just feel like that gives you a really bad name really fast. So someone calls, I always overestimate it, but I want to get it back down to two. Um, you know, with all our processes getting brought in the house, I can, I, I'm hundred percent confident we can do it. Um, <clears throat> so now it's, you know, that's, that's the short term. And of course, long term, I, I want to win Lamar. I want to be hooked up on a team that needs our consultations. That you know, and we want to. I want to cross the checker, checker uh, flag first. You know, we. It's been the one thing that's always escaped me my entire career. It, <laughs> like I, I worked on the Delta Wing uh, program yeah. when I, my first day at PFC. I sit down. I'm like, wow, look at this place. You know, big, big you know, pro level racing organization, you know, them building parts and the boss comes by, slaps down a, a folder on my desk and goes, don't tell anybody. <laughs> and I open it and it's this lawn dart looking race car. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? You know, <laughs> that legit is one of my favorite race cars of all time. Oh, I got my heart broken on it. Uh, last, like a this million Daytona. times. No, this Daytona. Cause I always, I'm like, man, I just, I want to build one, you know, like I know what goes into it. Hell, Rob, right. my engineer was the lead engine was the engineer on the Delta wing. So I'm like, man, I could, I'm sure he's got some cab files, you know, let's like build we could build one. Yeah. Let's build a car. And, uh, I worked with Gabby Chavez, um, who drove it for many years, but I worked with them at Daytona this year. And I was like, like racer to racer. What was that thing like? And, he kind of looks around. He goes, "Oh, it's great." I'm like, "No, man, come on, <laughs> you know, don't give me, don't give me the the real professional answer, real answer. What what was it like to drive?" And he goes, "It was terrible." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "What?" He goes, "On the straightaways, it was really twitchy. Like, it, I can like, see that. Like, he wanted to rotate on you all the time on the straightaways, and he goes, and then when you get to a turn, it would understeer." So it was, he's like, it was the exact opposite of what you wanted all the time. <laughs> and so I'm like, I always, like, all right, maybe, maybe we don't want to build one. <laughs> I always wondered about that with the, with the wheels being so close in the front like that, how, how that would perform. As, like, yeah. Well, it, you can watch it. Like, yeah. Walk, we would sit at turn one at Road Atlanta and watch it go and going up the hill, it would, the front end would just wiggle, oh. like wiggle back and forth as they were like, you see them trying to get the understeer back under control. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it was an interesting car. It was fast as hell. Yep. Uh, if it didn't get BOP to death, it would have won every race, uh, which is cool, but it did and it didn't, uh, um, seemed to always and, get hit 
Yeah, it got ran over. Yeah, it always crashed. No one knew where it was at any time. Yeah. It was so tiny. Uh, it had to be hard as a driver because just because you made it through at the front does not mean you're going to make it through at the back and <laughs> the stuff back. like that. You know, like that's that's got to be really hard to get acclimated to. Yeah, it's like riding a bicycle with a ladder on the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, we that was uh, my first year. And I was like, man, all that Delta Wing has to do is finish Lamont and we get a Lamont win. And yeah, I like, suppose because you know it was his own class. class. Like, yeah, I mean it was technicality, but it, it's a little mile win. Hey, it and, wins a win, man. Yeah, and I was watching it go. I'm like, all you gotta do is keep it alive, you know, go for it. And when that Toyota just like punted it <laughs> off the track, <laughs> I was I was so crushed, but at the same time, it lit a fire, and I'm like, we gotta win this race. I have to win this race. This, have this you been is, there? I haven't. I no. haven't. I. I've been so close to it. Hell, one of my best friends designed the brakes for that Nissan GTR, the other Bulby car. Yeah. And uh, the other car that I wish would have made some more runs. I think it had a chance. Oh, that thing, you know, that thing was a nightmare of a. <laughs> yeah, program. sure. But I guess I, the from the insiders would tell me that the guy that was running the, the program was just an ass, like an unruly jerk to everyone. So I was like, all right, well, whatever on that car. You're like, they ordered, so that this is a fun story. They ordered three different brake kits. They ordered, uh, and, and when you order a brake kit for a car like that, it's not like you call up and go, hey, give me these part numbers. You go, hey, here's the car. Build us, like, engineer caliper around the car. Engineer us a rotor, engineer us a pad. And they ordered three of them. They ordered one from PFC, one from AP, and then I think one from Brembo. And nobody else knew about it. You know, the, the three manufacturers didn't know. And my friend, uh, my good friend, Mark, designed it and flew to Lamont to hand it to him. And they took it and then they put it like threw it away. <sighs> yeah. And then they use they end up using the APs, which caught on fire. But <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like, you know how much work went into that? Like he like he was like, oh, <laughs> you know, so much weeks worth of work is good thrown in the trash and the can in the mall. Oh, man, it would be so <laughs> frustrating. Yeah, so it was, it, it was an interesting program. It was interestingly ran, and I wasn't very shocked when they shut it down the way they did. Huh. Yeah. But, Mismanagement. Yeah, it was, it was weird. That's for sure. <laughs> I think the idea was sound, though, wasn't it? Uh, it was interesting. I'll say that way. Um, he, Bulby definitely went for the low drag like he did on the Delta wing. You know, if it was up to him, he would just built another Delta wing, but Panos had the rights to it. Um, right. and so he was trying to come up with this way to, to kill the drag in it, you know, make more speed with less power because then it needs less gas and you get a couple extra laps out of it, which is a huge advantage in endurance racing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just, the motor was sound. They couldn't get the electrical drive, the hybrid system to work. Um, and yeah, it was, just, it was slower than a P3 car because they didn't have the electrical system. They didn't have their hybrid system in it. And at that time, that was like the only way to get crazy amounts of power. So it was it was, it was a nightmare. It, it it crashed and burned like pretty hard. And you, you feel for the team and and those and the people that were working on it, but. Yeah, it was, it was definitely interesting. I love to see people go nuts and try different avenues because I feel like that's definitely missing. But, Absolutely. Uh, you know, but it's, that's cool to see, but it was pretty sad to see the execution go so bad. 
Yeah. So you going lemons racing this weekend? Not this weekend, but soon we're going down to, to uh, Sebring. Okay. I I haven't raced at Sebring. I've I've done time trials down there, but I haven't done racing. So it'll be fun to get down there. We got a car that really shouldn't go, <laughs> but we're gonna take it anyway. In, but uh, in but what yeah, way? Why why shouldn't it go? <laughs> so I I built this car, <laughs> and <laughs> we we built the cage in a rush, right? Like it's sound. You the safety? Yeah, so you the safety guy rushed a cage. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't. It wasn't that it's like dangerous. Like it's more that it's ugly. Oh, okay. It's it look. It was one of those things. Like I bent, I bent the a pillar bar, and I ran out. Of, I was low on material, so I couldn't rebend it. Oh. And so when it came out, I was like, ugh, <laughs> like. Like this, and we had like an event like the next day, and it was just supposed to be a track day car, you know, like just something to go and and learn momentum stuff, get all the bad habits out. Yep. And so when we built the A pillar, it, it came out looking like a Hummer. Like the the front bars are so vertical, <laughs> and, and it's all square. Like I didn't want a tire coming into the to hit you, so I put another bar over the top, and I'm like standing back, I'm like, this looks like a like a Hummer. <laughs> it's not like what a is it? Miata. That's a Miata. Miata. Yeah, okay. It's a little 1.8 okay. pop-up headlight. And we call it a doorknob because the idea was that we're just going to show up or it's like the default car. So if you're running a track day at Road Atlanta and you blow up your car or you lose a tire, something bad happens, you just I'm like, oh, just take doorknob, you know, for everyone gets a turn. And so they take it because I had built a ghetto set, like a like an exoset, like a death cart. Yep. Right. And and I built that. I way overbuilt that cage. Uh, but it was the funnest thing with clothes on because you get two or three guys that their cars broke and you leave the lap timer in there. And all you do is just battle back and forth with them trying to beat their time. And, you know, it was <laughs> the thing just gets hot lapped like crazy, but it was so underpowered. It took all the takeoffs from the V8 car. So it had way more tire than it ever needed. So you just stay flat on it and just drive. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was a riot. So I wanted to build another one of those. And, and we ended up with doorknob instead. <laughs> well, good luck on that, at least. I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah, Tom McGrath. Lemons is always fun. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think if you show up to win at Lamont at Lemons, uh, you you already you've already lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you should just show up with the most cheated car you could possibly can, <laughs> and see how much beers you can have. Like that's that's the point. <laughs> Robbie's gonna go to WRL. It's kind, of, it's kind of the opposite of the end of the <laughs> spectrum. Yeah, right. Yeah, then you got to actually build it right, like and be clever about it. But like, we do we do have a nine lives wing on that too. Nice. nice. <laughs> that just showed up last week. I appreciate. See? Yeah, that you, yeah. You just you just welded that the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, everything every wing that's like shown up in the last two days, I've welded in the last two days. <laughs> like, yeah, we've we've had it a, a week or <clears throat> eh, how long has it been sitting? We need to get the car running, so we haven't really focused on installing that yet. But it's here. We plan. We plan ahead. Running again. Yeah, that's, as much that's as I so say, you don't need a lot of horsepower. You do need some. It's got. It's got to run. That's that's key <laughs> for an endurance race car. It needs to start and stay running. So yeah, we we were there, and now we're not there. So we got we got some stuff to sort out yet. Gas should flow in and then out. <laughs> it does that. Still does a fire. <laughs> <laughs> so we we spent what is it? it's uh, nine four four. 
Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is it that? Is it that white one? Yep. Yes. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I feel so bad for 944 drivers. Do you have the stock motor in it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry. Just Every time I say something, I feel like they're insulting you. Yeah, keep, keep, yeah, just keep, just keep, yeah, just keep talking. It'll hurt me some more. The dagger keeps stabbing. Yeah. I can't know what's going on. Yeah. It ran fine, brought to the dyno. Now it no longer runs at all. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, what to was it like? We sp- Robbie joined the team. He didn't start it. So We, we spent... <laughs> No less than eight, eight hours on Saturday diagnosing it, and still are not like we don't have a fucking clue. <laughs> like it, it makes no sense why it won't start. I always feel so bad for the guys that show up and run Spec Nine Four Four. Yeah, because it's like all they do is just show up to work on their car. <laughs> <laughs> like the E Thirty guys are hilarious, fast, but that's not. It, you're not even fast. No, yeah, it's like slower it's than the slow, Yeah. Like, well, like the E30 guys, so the crew that we run with, the E30 guys are hilarious. They'll show up with like a spare car because there's so many of them, and then like like they just drop it, and then like everyone vultures on it, and just steals all the the vintage parts off it until it's a shell, and then the dude who's crashed that event will take the shell. It's, <laughs> it's, I'm looking at this like this is some this is organized chaos. Yeah, like <laughs> this is really impressive, guys. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully we have a, a 944 with your, your Wang on it here real soon. Yeah, I, just put I, a, LS swap them. LS one's real good in those things. I have an LS in the 240 that's not being used currently, so yeah, eh, just throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think you need to sell that to, to ZR3 Racing because they clearly need to stop putting inline sixes back in their oh, Z3. Yeah. And you need to put a K in the 944. It'll be fine. That would yeah. be, that'd be cool. That'd be good. That'd be real we good. need to get K power on that. Yeah, we need I don't know what you do with the tube torque tube transaxle issue, though. That's that'd be perfect. Yeah, I'll say it's fine. It won't. It you just it because the clutch is all in the front anyway. So you just, you just made it to, made it to the flywheel to the clutch, and you're good. I suppose it'll be cake. Yeah, the LS swaps and those things are stupidly Super. simple. Yeah, like 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 it's too easy. Yeah, it makes too much sense. It does. <laughs> it, it fits really well. You, you, then you have a transaxle. Yeah. You got Porsche axles already. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I had to pay extra to put Porsche axles in my Miata. So I mean, you already got them. So, yep. I, mean, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's twenty twenty two, man. Yeah, you put a Holly, Holly ECU on it. I've never, I've never lost a, a lap due to an ECU issue. Yeah, that's shout out to Holly. <laughs> God, that just makes makes too much sense. Do it. All right. Well, when, when when it gets brought up again, when we can't get it running, I'll be like, uh, Nine Live Johnny said that we had to. So this this engine's got to go. I'm sorry. He said we had to. You know, there was uh, a rumor going around that somebody had called the company. There's a company that makes the adapter plates. Yep. Out of Vegas, I think they are. I can't remember. It's like Outlaw or something like that. I'm not. It's, it's not as Renegade. Weird. Is that the one? Renegade. That's it. Renegade. Uh, they make somebody those had- crazy Caymans. Yeah, but I guess somebody had called them and asked them for the DXF of the adapter plate, and they said sure and gave it to them. What? What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is weird because I did the same thing with uh, Ecotech with Ecotech Miata. Um, I was just like asking if anybody had the CAD of the Ecotech motor and of the Miata Trans, 
And I was just going to make one one for my own car. And they got a hold of me. They're like, hey, don't do that. I'm like, why? And they're like, here. And they hand, they gave me the file. Huh. I'm like, That's isn't, this, isn't this your whole business? <laughs> I have a friend who's got that kit. He hasn't got in the car yet, but he's got the kit. Yeah. Which took a really long time to get. But uh, you think your lead times are bad. Oof. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> but I don't know, man. It seems to make more sense than a K if you're not going for like crazy power. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cause putting it's aluminum block. I mean, it's doing cheaper. either. Uh, one, I hate BPs. I do not like everyone. Reaches everyone out to me. should hate BPs. Everyone reaches <laughs> out to me for like how to get their car running advice. And I'm like, look, man, I had a Miata with a BP for like 10 minutes and I took it out, put an LS in it. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not the subject matter expert on this. You'd think I am like, <laughs> So it's yeah. I always just pull them out, and put something else in. You know that that they, the K Power yeah. one is like Marcus did it on his car. The the K Miata swap. Holy cow! Is that a pile of parts? I, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that pile of parts sitting in Marcus's house. I'm like, this is amazing. How do you like they delivered this like this? Like it was sitting as high as my desk. You know these pile of parts that you need. I'm like, like whatever David's charging for this kit is too cheap. Because that is a lot of fab work, you know. Like the front timing color cover was billet. Jeez, I'm like this. I'm like this is a four hundred dollar piece of aluminum <laughs> you know, before you start machining it. Uh, it's it's insane. Yeah, that started in Adam Jabay's garage. Did it? Yeah, he built the first kit. Adam? He did the weld. Yeah, he welded it up for for David. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, oh, they built that in his one. garage like years ago. <laughs> oh, is that badass? So, I saw their uh, KE30. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I like that. Yeah, that like, makes a lot of sense, too. Uh-huh. I just think a wagon, a K-powered wagon E30 would just be the coolest thing. Like, you could daily drive a snot out of that and just be the coolest dude in the block, you know? <laughs> I don't think there's very many. In, this, in the rust belt that we live in, there's not very many E30s that are going to be driven with any regularity. Oh, man, the, the the racers down here are, like, pulling them out of junkyards. You know, like, like they're starting to get expensive. Most of the guys are building spec E46 to go to get out of it because E30s are just getting so expensive. And, uh, yeah. you know, that a $50,000 E46 build looks better. So I'm like, wow. It makes like, more sense, at least. You have more car when you're done. Yeah. Well, it was a bigger more car. Modern, more modern car. Yeah, it's got air conditioning, CD player, you know, all the stuff you want. Can't be mad about air conditioning in a race car. No. Doorknob still has it. The Corvette will always have it. When you live in a, <laughs> when you live in, in Georgia, it's justifiable for sure. I'm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, when we you build that Corvette, your cores out, you just pull your cores right out. Is that the first thing you do is just throw those in the trash? You don't need oh, that. Heater cores? Yeah, you don't yeah. need a heater core. <laughs> Up here, we feel differently about so it. We're, we're kind of the yeah. Opposite. No, you guys are like, oh, you got to keep it to blow it on your windshield. I'm like yeah. down here, we're like, ah. Like, like, nah. Air conditioning is a luxury, but a heater is a requirement. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's flip for us. Also, we don't use as much PB blaster as you guys do. I do love PB blaster. <laughs> it's required. So that was a that was like a thing I busted out of my toolbox when I moved down to the south, and the guys were like, "What's that?" <laughs> no better smell. Oh. Like, uh, like, hopefully I never have to use this again. <laughs> yeah. 
use it too often. It's so nice to just like take things off with reasonable amounts of force. Or or just actually take things apart. Yeah. Yeah, with things just don't snap off in your hand all the time. Yep. Yeah, it's not a. uh, I know that the ghetto set we built came from the north. And uh, I think it came from like Indiana. And I, I put it up on my lift, and we were like, you know, on a stock me out of suspension, when you get to turn, like the tire will just roll under. So yep. you gotta throw a whole bunch of camber in the front. Yeah. And uh, I remember pulling that thing up on the lift, going to add more camber into it. And I saw all the bolts, and I was like, <laughs> nope. And I just put it back down <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> I'll just burn through tires. This is fine. It's worth it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was so frustrating. I was I did <laughs> brakes so for much. a I did brakes for a coworker once, and then like jack the car up, and like just you could just watch the 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 bottom pan just go up into like a triangle and just drop a bunch <laughs> of rust on the ground, and then broke all the brake lines because they like they just they just as soon as they moved they just all cracked and broke and I'm like that, that was the it. moment you re- regretted <laughs> helping a friend. Yep, <laughs> you're like oh no. I, <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, like I'll pay you to do the brakes on my daughter's car. It's you know, it's it'll be you know, afternoon of work will be easy." I'm like, "Yeah, no problem." Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> She's never asked me to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> we like, we did the brakes on drinking a beer right now. Yeah, <laughs> we did the brakes on my blazer, and we we were trying to crack open bleeders, and we couldn't get them open. And eventually, I just said to Robbie, "I'm like." Turn them till they break or they open. If they break, we'll go buy new calipers. Fuck it. Yeah. Like, what are you? What are you gonna do? You know, we gotta bleed it. So, right. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, that reminds me of uh, my. It wasn't rusty, but my pops bought a C three Corvette, like with four twenty seven and everything. And uh, him and my nice. mom were gonna be like, "Hey, we're gonna go do a tour of the U.S." Like they bought an rv they sold their house like we're just gonna drive around the u.s for a year can you watch my cars and i was like yeah absolutely you know clear <laughs> the space and uh pull it in and i was like noticing i'm like there's like brake fluid on the outside of the you know or the inside of the tire i'm like it's probably got a leaky caliper look again there's like three of them are leaking I'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> old car got it so i get under there uh and i go to take the caliper off and the pads moved like that but oh. still in. So they bent in. I'm like, man, it's that weird. And I felt the pistons in the caliper were spheres. They weren't cylinders. Uh, okay. Were they right? supposed so, to be? Like from age or what? No, like this is the way they were. And if you had too much lateral run out on the hub, the calipers would leak. What? <laughs> if you ever get a chance to work on a C3, no, never take money to do it. But <laughs> like, it's not worth get your it, head on the, It's not worth it. C3s are the most wildly engineered cars you can ever imagine. Like it, the windshield wipers. To get the windshield wipers to work, everything's vacuum operated. There is a uh, a switch that looks like that, like a hook, right? So when you turn on the windshield wipers, the vacuum opens this cover that uncovers the windshield wipers. And then that cover has a little switch that pushes a button. And then when it pushes the button, that allows, like, and I kid you not, it's like a finger and a pushing a button. And then that allows the vacuum to get to the windshield wipers to actually move back and forth. Like, it is 
take a take a wild look at the C three. They are trips of engineering <laughs> like prowess that clearly nobody's ever used since. Huh. Vacuum operated things don't work consistently. <laughs> yeah, but they I love it when the headlights go up slow. Oh gosh. Like they go like one will go up quick and then the other one kinda like takes its time. I I get a kick out of that. Hey. <laughs> I have this little S10 that the motor's blown up, but it used to be, <laughs> I used to have an S10, I should say. And uh, the all the HVAC vents and stuff like that are controlled with the vacuum system, right? Right. Well, I turbocharged it because I'm an idiot. <laughs> and so when it would when it would go into boost, if you had yeah. the fan on, like at a high speed, it would just blow out of every vent, like just <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> It's never something that they thought about. Nope, <laughs> like, that was never a thing. They're like, oh, we need to make sure this will work under boost. No, you don't. That's not a no. thing. Who cares, right? We're never going to boost so, one of these. Right. So as soon as you put any boost to the truck, it would just blow air everywhere. <laughs> like you idling around town, it'd be fine. It's like then, one of those things with like the, the temperature control unit looks like Medusa's head with yeah. all the tubes everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. But then... uh it's really low geared because it had like a 411 in the back or something like so it was really low geared and it was only yeah. a five speed. So when you're cruising down the interstate doing 75 miles an hour, it's like really turning some RPM. Yeah. And if I had a real strong headwind, I would build like three or four pounds of boost just <laughs> driving down the road. And, and so like I, your... I could never get my windshields to defrost. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that truck. I need to get it running again. It's my right. favorite thing I've ever owned. I love that stupid <laughs> thing so much. But it was so dumb. There were there's these little things that are like, God damn it. This is my own fault. It's like my uh I got a ninety nine Ram. And like I bought my wife a new Titan and I drive this Ram everywhere. It's you know, it's Cummins twenty five hundred diesel and it's the truck I've always wanted in high school. And <laughs> And it was my grandmother's truck, and she gave it to me. And uh, I was like, "Man, I, I love this thing to pieces." And I drive it to to events. I you know do all my consulting work. I take that you know. So I'll show up. Like I showed up to VIR with it. And uh, Kenton Coke, who's who is in the grid life circle, but also a pro driver, he comes over to me. and goes, "You know, you're making decent money. <laughs> you." you uh, you probably should get a car. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I have a Corvette. Like, I have a new Corvette. My wife's got a brand new truck. Like, I'm like, it's cool. Like, I just really love this old piece of shit truck. You know? And it was that. Yeah, and I was like, all right, I need to like spruce this thing up because it's getting to the age where it's like I could kind of resto mod it and get some props for having a really clean one. It's so I'm like, all right, that's what we're gonna do. So we're gonna like clean it up, make it drive real nice. You know, I put all the banks exhaust and stuff like that on it and just make it make it cool and uh, try not to make it look too bro dozer kind of a thing and <laughs> just try to make it nice and clean. So when I show up to tracks, guys don't come up to me and be like, you know, your bill was pretty big. You could probably afford a <laughs> nicer car. <laughs> uh, they just don't get it, man. Some people just don't get the shitbox life. That's, you no. know, no, it's, it's better. It's better. It's cheaper. Well, I know if it breaks, I know exactly what's broken. That's true. Like my wife's Titan, when that thing starts giving us warning lights, I'm like, I got no idea. <laughs> take take <laughs> like, that to the dealership. Yep. Like there is something wrong in here, and <laughs> it's just flashing at me and won't let me go fast. 
Yeah. Like so. that, that life sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's either got to be 20 years old or it's got to be new enough to have a warranty. There's nothing in between. Right. Yeah, exactly. Car design peaked in 1999. Hell yeah. This couldn't, guy gets it. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, should we shut her down? It's getting a little long. This, yeah, this is a lot longer. Yeah, we've got chatty. We laughed at two hours. Yeah, we did, we yeah, we were like, ah, two, three, good good one. No. <laughs> Look at us crushing it. Yeah, big long show. And we only talked about our business for like 10 minutes, so we're cool. Yeah, this is a perfect That's show, fun. man. Yeah, I didn't bother the hell out of everybody. People uh, find you. Yes. NineLivesRacing.com. Let's, let's do that. Uh, Google. Google's a great place to go. NineLivesRacing.com. Yeah. Facebook. Uh, my Twitter account is pretty sad, so don't go there. Uh, Instagram. You know, you name it. So, but yeah. Yeah, we're pretty easy to find. Ask your closest friend. Go to the pit. Pit Panic. Look at the first shiny aluminum wing you see. Knock on it. Ask them where they got there's, it. There's yeah. probably 30 of them in any given paddock these days. So, <laughs> Or if you see somebody taking a picture of somebody standing on top of one, that's certainly a Nine Lives wing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's the first thing you probably, do. It's probably Joe standing on top of his wing again. I stood on mine for a picture. It's like a, it's like a rite of passage. Like You get it installed. That's you stand true. on top of it. You ask your wife to take a picture of you. And you post yeah. it on the, on the gram. You tag nine lives and that's how you know you own one yeah yeah this is, uh <laughs> and I, I always find it fun when people put their kids on it yep uh, so you get the, the kids are all real excited about sitting on the wing like it's always <laughs> those are my favorite i'm like that's cool like, like let's get the next generation going to it like let's let's rock let's get them fired up and understand that this is a fun thing you know yep get them yeah. Involved as oh yeah that's that's the picture that they'll show at their graduation yeah yeah <laughs> or hopefully like you know, they're like, oh, yeah, you remember this one? <laughs> you know? yep. I would like, totally do that as a senior picture. That'd be a huh. great senior picture. Yep. It it would, really. I mean, I had mine with the Lambos up of my Cavalier, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you do you. <laughs> so, so what are you, like 35, 36? 33. 33? 34 yep. almost. Yeah. Yep. Right in that yep. area. I remember so, when Lambo doors were cool. They're still cool. So cool, man. <laughs> they're coming back. Robbie, Robbie put a set on his 350Z. I talked to Adam Jabay into buying the ones that are on his EF. They're fucking cool, man. They're great. Lambos are great. They're, they're so fun. You gotta, we got to figure out a way to gull wing that EF. Oh, that'd be great. That would be, that would be great, too. I'm all Just about doing some, that. Some barn door hinges and some self tappers and we're <laughs> let's I do the back the let's back not glass. make it any harder than it needs <laughs> to be. barn door it <laughs> there you go yeah with, with the old creaky hinges where it's just a pulley on the rail yeah yep. let's do that with this back window <laughs> so well thanks man yeah this has no been problem, a lot of fun thanks man for thanks for coming on yeah, yeah this has been a lot of fun you're you're welcome yeah. back anytime you want so deal you call me you call me, I'll I'll pop on anytime. Oh, we'll, we'll, We're bad at that, if you haven't noticed. Yep, but we'll take advantage <laughs> of that next next chance we get. Yep, absolutely. Or if you're yeah. hosting a GLTC race, just give me a shout. I'll come running up to the booth. <laughs> yeah, there, there we go. go. Yeah, I love hearing my own voice in the announcers. That's cool when they go like like when yeah. you get the little echo and everything. You know, if you feel like you're announcing yeah. a baseball game, it's cool. <laughs> 
So yeah, I think Robbie, what do we need? Do we need to, do we need to talk to talk about sponsors real quick? Uh, just tell everybody to go to mypetrobox.com, uh, use the code 10 tenths, get uh, 50% off or no, TTP. That's 15. not 10 tenths. Nope. nope. Apex pro is 10 tenths. There um, you go. Uh, you go to Petrobox, mypetrobox.com, use the code TTP 15 for 15% off of your first Petrobox, um, or 50% off everything in the store. I'm wearing my Petrobox shirt now. I feel like I've been saying this for weeks. If you haven't already, you need to go do it now. Petrobox. Mypetrobox.com. owns is a Petrobox shirt. Yeah, the way it when, should be. Exactly. The way all shirts should be. Yeah. The best yeah. shirts are the ones that show up in your mail that you didn't order, they just, or that you didn't see coming. You just show up and you're like, oh, that's a great shirt. Yes. Great. Then I wear it all the time. <laughs> all right. Uh, we can shut this down. This is yeah a lot longer show than I thought we'd do, so I appreciate that. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> guys. I appreciate you having me. Thank yeah. you very much. Of course. Have a good night, everybody, and we will talk to you next week.